90% of the fish are caught by 10% of the fishermen. Of 100 boats going out on a Saturday, 80 of them are following the crowd. 10 of them shouldn't be past the inlet. Eight are dialed in for the most part, but two are professionals that are relentlessly dedicated to putting fish on deck despite any conditions, day in and day out, adapting and using past experience. Sit down, strap in, and get ready to take some notes. We're going to take the fishing game to the next level. Welcome to the Obsidian Fishing Podcast. We heard a pop. Everybody looked back to see what was going on. The 350 Yamahas were laid over to one side. The hydraulic line had busted. One of the guys went, hurried back, took a look at the engines. He tried grabbing the line to hold the fluid in, and it was not happening. It just slipped right through his fingers, and we were broken down 55 miles offshore. Little did all my buddies know, we were about to have the best day of mahi fishing ever. So how the day started was we all met at 4 in the morning. We wanted to be on the Continental Shelf, which was about 50, 55 miles from uh, Swansboro, North Carolina, where we were going out of. Do some trolling in the morning and then some bottom fishing in the afternoon. So we were out there at daybreak, tossed all the lines over. That was always my favorite part of the day was getting all seven lines in the water as fast as possible. You know, you got your outriggers going, you got your short lines, your plane rod, your long line, all that stuff. I absolutely loved being as fast as possible. That was like always my my thing was I try to race around the boat, have all the, the, the reels and free spool, and then just click them all over at once, have all the lines set. So anyways, <coughs> we had broke down offshore. We had caught like a couple little Dorados by then, a couple teeners, and Benson had busted these engines. I don't know what the deal was, but these 350s just had like a knack for busting the hydraulic line the hydraulic fluid line. Um, I don't know if it... He, he had dealt with the problem before. He had done, had it like two times. And <laughs> after we had broke down, we were in about, I think, 180 or 220 foot of water, something like that. Just about where, where the grouper grounds were. Um, you can catch grouper inside of that, but... We were fishing, that drop-off was, I want to say, around 180. And once you hit, like, 250, it really drops. So, we put the anchor out. And about all the anchor line was paid out. Hopped on the radio. Talked to some other boats. Hey, we're broke down. Think you guys can pass the message to Sito or Towboat US. Whatever. One guy rogered up, said, yeah. Once we get, you know, a little further inshore, we'll pass along the message. So after we got anchored up, passed along the message, Benson was like, yeah, we don't have anything. We don't have any extra hydraulic fluid lines. So everybody got their beanbag out. They just started chilling. One of them cracked a beer. (laughs) It was like eight in the morning or whatever. And uh, I've been watching that where the guys chum. The Big Bluefin Tuna, I forgot what, what that show's called. Anyways, you know, they chum the tuna up there in the northeast out of um, Boston, or the Cape, and the tuna just come right to the boat. So everybody was chilling out, 
and I we call it like free line. Whenever we're bottom fishing, we toss like a little circle hook out with a live bait or a piece of squid or sardine or whatever. One of the guys was like, Zach, you know, he saw me rigging up a ride. He's like, what are you going to do, throw a free line out? I was like, yeah, I was like, might as well try, man. And uh, we had a five-pound box of squid, and I started cutting up the squid. I threw out, I want to say, two or three lines. Probably, I think it was two because they'll, they'll kind of come together. Like, if you're anchored up, if you throw them out, it doesn't matter how far out you throw it, the current and everything's going to drag it kind of straight back. So I had one off each side of the gunnel, port and starboard side. So I was just, you know, throwing some squid out. And I think, like, the tactic with that, what's really worked well for me, is cut it into... You don't want to cut like a bunch of teeny tiny pieces and then on your hook have like a whole squid, right? So you want everything to be similar in size and then that funnel, you think about it like a funnel behind the boat is you want to make that funnel as wide as possible so that if there are fish cruising, you have like somewhat of a spread. You don't want to just throw the bait straight behind the boat if you're just trying to attract fish to the boat. And I think this is like a massively underutilized technique for the East Coast, especially when the Dorado are in because everybody wants to troll around for them. But once you troll around and hook one, you're in the fish um, most of the time. And a lot of the time, too, if you kind of stop the boat after, let me back up for a second. You get a bite, you hook one, you want to keep going for a little bit because most time there's a school. So you'll hook it, you'll have a double, triple header but once you start like start clearing lines cranking that one or two in you can also throw out a light line where that fish is you know once it gets 50 100 yards to the boat a lot of times he'll bring his buddies to the boat with him and then you can have a double triple header on a spinning rod and your trolling gear anyways i was chumming and all of a sudden one of the spinning rods gets bent over doubled over as i pick up the rod Everybody jumps up, like, we got one, got one. I was like, yeah. <laughs> and I was, start, I was cranking on my, I want to say it was like a 12 or 15 pound or whatever. And uh, cranking them in. And I was like, keep throwing squid. I was like, somebody, everybody get out of their spinning rods. So everybody got out of their spinning rods, switched over their bottom fishing gear, or they just took the weight off their rig. And uh, that mahi I hooked, he brought a whole school of mahi with him. And they were all nice ones, anywhere from 10 to, I'd say, 22, 24 pounds, I think, was the biggest one we got that day. So it was like, for being broken down, a school of mahi, and, uh, I mean, that's just, this is as good as you can get, unless <laughs> unless you happen to land on a grouper spot, you know, anchored up, but we didn't. So the trick with the mahi, though, is we would leave one in the water hooked up. So we'd either hook one on a rod, like a circle hook leave him in the water and all his buddies are just swimming around him or we would all take turns. So I would be reeling mine in and I'd say, John, you hook one. He'd hook one and he'd fight it. I'd say, all right, don't gaff that one till I get mine and get my bait in the water. And I hook another one. So we just kind of had like this rotating thing where we'd always have one hooked up because that's what keeps those mahi together. If they see one fish kind of feeding and they're not, they're just kind of like a, a school type fish where they're going to stay together. So we did that rotation, right? And uh, 
we caught a ton of it was it was without a doubt the best dorado day i i've like ever had as far as like size catching them on spinning rods light tackle circle hooks you know just a piece of squid um it was awesome i had a great time so we, we caught the fish pretty much everything that had swam up to us at the time i want to say it was max 40 or 50 a boat and i want to say we caught just shy of our limit and they were all beautiful nice fish so everybody was ecstatic drinking beer but the problem was we were still broke down <laughs> one of the guys was digging around they had fished uh kingfish tournaments in north carolina a lot he was digging around his tackle bag that he had put in the center console just as the bite had slowed down he's digging around and he's like benson i found it benson's like found what and uh he pulled out a hydraulic line <laughs> so he had an extra hydraulic line and hydraulic fluid that he had just forgot because it had happened so many times that it's a 36 contender twin yamaha 350 that just had this tendency to break the hydraulic hydraulic line so swapped the line out one of the guys knew how to do it i didn't know shit at the time about anything to do with outboards and uh we're like all right we're gonna head in and he's like we're gonna take it easy though and i started rigging up fast or high speed wahoo trolling rigs i just bought a couple of them and benson's like man you never give up do you I was like, dude, we, we got to make the most of it. And I think that's another lesson you can kind of take on any fishing trip you go on, you know, for the day or whatever, is utilize what you have at your disposal. Fish are fish. And what I mean by that is just because the technique works on the West Coast or the East Coast doesn't mean it's not going to work in Florida, Boston, um, San Diego, whatever, dude. It's a uh, saltwater fish are not particular. If they get into a feeding mode, and you know, one thing I will say is, if fish are like like if you're chumming with live bait, I would not throw a chunk of squid out, right? But if you chum the fish up to the boat and they're eating dead sardines or cut pieces of squid or whatever, then that's what they're going to eat because it's fitting that profile. So. Rigged up a couple high-speed trolling rigs and uh, started head making our way back in. I won bottom fish, but Benson was like, nah, we're not going to risk it. <laughs> we got to make sure a professional uh, clears us with this hydraulic line because Robbie Bobby, as everybody would call him, we weren't 100% sure his hydraulic line fix would make us all the way back in from 55 miles. So we're radioing on that guy on the radio are like hey man um we're good to go we don't need a fix or whatever trying to get a hold of them trying to get a hold of them not answering like all right well maybe he headed in inshore you know maybe he passed the uh message along Cito. we ended up not catching any wahoo on the way in but you know whatever we're all content with the day we had for what it was we salvaged it and um we get in closer i think it was like 12 miles we're hitting up Cito, Tobo US. Hey, this is, you know, Benson on 36 contender. We bust a hydraulic line earlier. Just want to let you guys know we don't need a lift anymore. And they're like, oh, we never got the message. So 
the guy who said they were going to help us out, whether they were still out fishing. I mean, it was pretty late because we only went, we were 50 miles offshore. We only went, I think, 15 miles an hour back or 15 knots. So it took us like a good, you know, four, four and a half, five hours to get back in. And uh, it was evening at that time. We're like, man, we might have been spending the night out there. Because, you know, Cito never got the message. <laughs> but uh, anyways, it was a good day. But I would just take that, you know, if you learn something from this podcast, see what, you know, other people are doing in other parts of the country and give it a try just because West Coast fishing, they, they don't fish like that. Or, you know, North Carolina, where I was from, it was like pretty exclusive to trolling. Nobody would anchor up and try to chum up fish to the boat. Um, just try different tactics, techniques, especially, you know, if you guys break down, make the most of it. And then another lesson would be make sure that you tell two or three boats that you're broken down. Um, you know, we definitely could have been spending the night out there or who knows what could have happened or how long it would have took us to get back to the dock. But anyways, appreciate you guys tuning in. Hopefully you can use something that uh talked about here to turn a shitty day into a successful day. Just always be open to learning. Just because one tactic works here, it's probably going to work over there. All right, guys. Later. Hope you guys enjoy the show and you can use some of the tactics, techniques, and secrets to put more fish on deck. Please leave a review if you enjoy the show or learn a little something. It would greatly help me get this journey off the ground. I'm doing what I love for a living. I want to get out of the Navy in a couple years. Also, if you put the smack down on some fish and hear your limit, I'm going to ask that you help a kid catch one. Show them what you're doing or let them crank on one. You never know when a fish could create a lifelong sportsman. If it weren't for guys willing to take me fishing and show me the ropes, I definitely would not be the fisherman I am today. So let's all carry that forward. Help the next generation. The fish depend on future sportsmen. Shoot me a DM on Instagram. Love to talk to you guys, connect, answer any questions. Until next time, be the top 10%.